Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And if you're a grandparent, no doubt you know there is no greater joy than sharing a colorful information pack back with your book (laughs) with your grandchildren. So today's show is going to be a special treat. Our guest, Dean Regas, is a former host of PBS's Stargazers and is currently an astronomer at the Cincinnati Observatory. He's also authored an incredible six books and numerous articles on space and observational astronomy. In fact, Dean was named the winner of the 2008 Out of This World Award for Astronomy Education. So this guy knows his stuff. But Dean is joining us today to share all about his latest book called 1,000 Facts About Space. I've been gushing all over it before we went on air because it's published by National Geographic kids, and it is filled with fun and fascinating facts that both you and your grandchildren are going to love. I've been talking too much. I can't wait to get started. So welcome, Dean. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Well, not only do I have the immense pleasure of having you on, and like I said, I've been gushing about this book for minutes before we went on air because it's fabulous, but you hold the distinction of being the only guest I have ever interviewed who has an asteroid named after himself. Yeah, this was one of the great honors of my life is that uh, I have an asteroid named after me called 8815 Dean Regis. 8815 meaning it's uh, about the 8,815th asteroid discovered, uh, which isn't bad because I think we're astronomers are up to about 700,000 asteroids. So I got a low number, not too bad. Um, but it's, it's very cool that uh, I have a place in space named after me. Uh, I got a place I can retire to someday, I guess. <laughs> don't do that too quickly because I want more books out of you this really is right. so much fun <laughs> and I want to mention first the blurb on the back cover of 1000 Facts About Space promises that the reader will I'm quoting blast off into the wonders of outer space as that is absolutely true you promise something new on every page and I just I want to be able to chat with you of course find out more about the book itself but I have a ton of questions about all the wonderful facts that surprise me. So tell me, how long did it take you to compile all of these and produce this incredible book? Well, it, my my job at the Cincinnati Observatory is, is mostly as an educator. So I do about 150 public talks uh, around the country every year. And so when I do these talks, there's certain facts that kind of really resonate with audiences. And so these are basically my 1,000 greatest hits of, of things that, uh, you know, talking about black holes and galaxies and Mars and Pluto and all sorts of things. And uh, these are the ones that I kind of found that audiences really react to and, uh, and really get excited about. Well, and speaking of getting excited about, again, before we began the show, you mentioned that you have two kind of, uh, let's just say, target audiences that are different in a- different age groups. So tell us a little bit about that, because I fall into one of them, and I'm a big fan. Well, so, uh, you know, this is a National Geographic kids book, Thousand Facts About Space, and um, it's, so it's geared for kids, you know, elementary age to middle school age, but there's definitely a lot of stuff in there that are good for high schoolers, college, 
and I'm sneaky that I like to sneak in stuff for adults. So there's like some of the facts that you know will resonate with adults. So there's things about space travel and space missions and past discoveries and, and also some a lot of new ones. And so what I find is this book is a really good crossover thing for you, you might have a, a student or a, a kid, you know, that is really into space and is in the star phase of their lives where they can't learn enough space. And this is one of those books where, you know, you as an adult can can pick out some of these facts and share them with these the kids and kind of connect with them in a way. Because the one thing I find is a lot of kids know a lot about space, and some kids know a lot more about space than some adults. Well, absolutely. But I'm thinking, too, for those of us, of, and I will say of a certain age, it's so great to have the time to really look at these facts and then the joy of being able to open our grandchildren's eyes to the wonders of space. I mean, there's nothing that can beat that. So it's really a treat for, for children of all ages, I will say. And now can I get into some of my favorite facts I want to find out more from you about? Oh, absolutely. Let's dive in. <laughs> Well, the first one, I mean, there were so many, I, and I, I know we have a limited amount of time, but I never heard of a side reel day on Earth as versus the solar day. I just thought that was fascinating. Yeah, there's two, there's lots of ways of looking at time, and astronomers have to know what time it is when they're doing their observations. And so uh, you know, our normal day is the time it takes for the sun to come, you know, to, to rise and set and return to about the same spot in the sky, at least that's what appears to us. It's really the time it takes for the Earth to spin once, but then we're moving around the sun. So when we go around the sun, we're moving you know one degree a day around the sun, basically, uh, that the stars shift very slowly. So a sidereal day is the time it takes for the stars to come back into place, which is about four minutes less than a normal solar day. Uh, and this changes our view on the constellations throughout the year. So that's why in the wintertime we can see Orion up in the sky, and then in the summertime we can see the scorpion up in the sky. So it's, each constellation comes out at different seasons because of all this motion. Well, well, obviously I didn't even know how to pronounce the word correctly, but you were able to translate and give me a perfect answer. That's so fascinating. And then on the back cover of the book, uh, I love the thing about the clouds found in Jupiter and Saturn and what you might be able to find therein. Yeah, there's, there's a theoretical possibility that diamonds could rain in the upper atmosphere of Jupiter. Jupiter is a crazy world anyway. It's this giant, gas giant planet, you know, about a thousand times bigger than the Earth and has a big red spot, giant hurricane storm on there. Um, so it's mostly hydrogen and helium. There's no solid surface. But uh, there's some uh, astronomers and astrophysicists speculate that there's the conditions right for diamonds to exist in the atmosphere. <laughs> So all we got to do is go up there, get a big bag, and bring them on back. That's what I think. I don't know, but uh, it's going to be a tough journey to do that. It would be, but maybe well worth it. Well worth the effort for a lot of us. And then I promise I'll let you talk more. But I've got one more that I just have to ask or mention that the, that amazed me was that that a day on Venus is longer than a year. That just blew my mind. I know. And so, you know, a day on Earth is marked by the time it takes for the Earth to spin once, and the time of a year is how long it takes for the Earth to go around the sun once. So on Venus, Venus spins so slowly that it goes around the sun faster than it spins. 
So uh, your day on Venus is longer than your year. So imagine if you have to wait for the weekend on Venus, you'd be waiting a long time, that's for sure. The work week would be a lot different on Venus, I would think. Gee, this is just great. Well, tell me, I, I, I mentioned, you know, it must have taken a while to compile all these facts. And, two, uh, again, with National Geographic behind you, uh, the, the way they created the book and the way it's organized, it's colorful, it's fun. Uh, but did any of the facts that you compiled, I know you've been doing this for a while, but did any of those surprise you like they did me? Yeah, there's some new new things that are, and that's the thing with astronomy. There's new discoveries made daily. So you know, every day I get to learn something new from all the things that are found. And so uh, I, the one, the couple of them that I didn't know about were like that there. I knew there's lots of multiple star systems where you have two or three or four stars going around each other, but there's some star systems that have six or seven stars. So if you lived on a planet there, you'd have seven suns in your sky. And that is just, I mean, think about, you know, life on Earth with one sun, and imagine dealing with seven, you know, that would be pretty crazy. Uh, and then some of the uh, the space missions of how long it takes to get to places, I think, is really fascinating. It takes three days to get to the moon, seven months to get to Mars, nine and a half years to get to Pluto, and then if you want to go to the nearest star, well, it only takes you about 74,000 years to get there. Oh, my gosh. Plenty of time to do, all right? <laughs> Boy, I I hate to say this because I know we're running out of time, and I know you have a full schedule today, but it's been such a joy, and obviously I've been very excited to speak with you. Uh, but do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with us grannies and grandpas to encourage our grandchildren uh, in the love of oh. science and astronomy? Definitely. If you have a spacey student in your uh, in your life, definitely encourage it. Uh, and this book is one of those things that kind of should pique both of your interests. And uh, if it if it uh, if it does, I'd highly encourage you to go uh, connect with your local astronomy group, uh, planetarium, observatory, and uh, go see them because to see through a telescope. I hope that's what this encourages people to go out and see the stuff for themselves and uh, seeing the the rings of Saturn themselves through a telescope is life-changing. So hopefully people can do that too. And speaking of that, I know you have a video because I saw it on how to work with your own telescope. So, Dean, this is just, I have anticipated this for a while, and I just thank you for your time, your expertise, and sharing, of course, your enthusiasm about this topic and this amazing book. Oh, my pleasure. You have to have me back on again, and if people want to find out more, they can find me at CincinnatiObservatory.org. And I would suggest all of you do out there. (laughs) And also, while you're at it, make sure you check out this really incredible book, 1,000 Facts About Space. Your grandchildren are going to love you for it because it's lively, it's an entertaining read, and it, it, it promises to help them and you blast off into the wonders of outer space. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. Sam, I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.